Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute Movies at Jurassic World One Minute at a Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 42 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, let's go over to Jurassic Dashpedia and have a look once again at the uh, the Raptor Paddock article. Uh, we visited this earlier when we first got to the Raptor Paddock. Now we're sort of looking a bit further down with uh, the cradles and this sort of area where the uh, the vets and the the handlers can inspect the raptors. A little bit more closely and a little bit more safely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these kind of offshoots of the um, stable uh, or of the paddock itself. I was something I was kind of re- re- thought was really cool about the design of this thing, and is that you were able to actually have areas where you could physically inspect the animals, probably for parasites, brush their teeth, stuff like that, and not have to actually go into the paddock. And risk getting eaten. Mm. Yeah, well, that's sort of one unknown from Jurassic Park with the, the holding pen there. We know Hammond said there's a viewing area down uh, subterranean, obviously, but it just seems like those animals are just thrown into a box. <laughs> Is it here? here, we're going to feed you from the top. Maybe there was an access door where Jerry could get into um, trank and uh, mm-hmm. tend to wounds or something like that, but... It, um, it wasn't really. It doesn't seem like it was really thought of back in the Jurassic Park days. Yeah, I think it was more that the pen we saw them in was meant to be a temporary fix until they could figure out ways to get them from stop attacking the fences and trying to scare the handlers every time it was dinner time. If they just followed Muldoon's advice, <laughs> would never have had this problem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a bit of a write-up here with uh, with uh, the trainer Barry handling one of the raptors and um, this little area of the uh, raptor paddock. But uh, head over to Jurassic-Pedia.com for that and many more articles going up weekly. What do you think? Want to take one home? Hey, don't joke. When I was your age, I rescued a wolf pup. It's like two months old. You barely walk. Sleep on my bed. Watch over me. My wife, she came at me with a steak knife. Took a chunk out of her arm. You put him down? I don't know. 
We had an unshakable bond, you know? Just like you and, um... What's his name? Delta. And she's a girl. All right, Dave, ready to get into minute 42. Mm-hmm. As we're in minute 41 of Jurassic World, Hoskins had got quite a fright from Blue, even though her head was stuck in a cage. Barry laughs and says, What do you think? You want to take one home? As we open a minute 42, Hoskins says, Hey, don't joke. When I was your age, I rescued a wolf pup. It was like two months old and could barely walk. It used to sleep on my bed and watch over me. My wife, she come at me with a steak knife. It took a chunk out of her arm. Why don't we talk about that every game? What did he do to her? Barry asks if they put him down. Hoskins says, oh no, we had an unshakable bond. Just like you and, um, what's this one called? At the 40 second mark, Hoskins holds his hand out and says, can I, uh, gesturing to pat her? Even though Delta's not going to like it. Hoskins puts his hand on Delta's neck and she tries to rear back, clearly agitated. Barry puts his hand on her head, trying to calm her down. And after a moment of excitement from Hoskins, Barry's phone rings, ending minute 42. As we continue into minute 42, Barry walks back away from Blue towards the second raptor and asks Hoskins, do you want to take one home? Uh, Hoskins replies, hey, don't joke. When I was uh, your age, I rescued a wolf pup. I realised, how young does he reckon Barry is? <laughs> when, I, when I heard that line, I thought it was always um, when I was young, or yeah, when I was your age. It seemed like back when I was twenty or twenty-five or a kid. But yeah, Barry's got to be in his thirties, at least mid thirties. I, I yeah, I'd probably say around his forties-ish. Yeah. Maybe I mean maximum, but at the same time, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is sixty years old, so he would have oh, been fifty-five. Wow. Uh, when he did Jurassic World. So, I mean, he's still old enough to probably almost be uh, Barry's father. Yeah, yeah. Hoskins walks past Blue here and she snarls at him, sensing his evil. And Hoskins continues, (laughs) (laughs) it was like two months old, could barely walk. Uh, It used to sleep in my bed, watch me, uh, watch over me. Then he pauses for a moment. Uh, my wife, she came at me with a steak knife. <laughs> it took a chunk out of her arm. Uh, Barry looks up. You put her down. I'll put him down. And <laughs> Hoskins replied, no, we had an unshakable bond, just like you. And um, Hoskins sort of looks back at Blue and then points to Delta, not sure <laughs> what this one's name is and probably can't tell the difference anyway, like me. And you know, he asks, what's the name? And Barry looks up, Delta, and she's a girl. The wife went went to him with a steak knife. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that comes out and is completely glossed over. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, if I was married to uh, Vincent Hoskins, I would probably come at him come at him with a steak knife too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy is just a jerk, you know. And that's putting it nicely. Yeah, but he also seems to be in the field a lot too. So you wonder how often he's actually at home. <laughs> I mean, he, not to say, not to make assumptions or typecast, but I mean, just the kind of assholery that he is makes me think he was probably abusive, you know? Mm. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Also interesting, too, with uh, 
it took a chunk out of her arm, so it obviously probably didn't kill her. But surely the police would have been involved. I know here if there's dog attacks, especially towards children and that sort of stuff, the the dogs are automatically seized and put down. There's no there's no getting to keep keep the dog. I don't know if it's any different over there. Um, it's pretty much the same over here. You, I I think the dog gets seized is not automatically automatically put down, but it is tested for rabies. And I think you get a citation the first time, and the second time the dog is automatically put down. And that's if it's a dog. This is a wolf. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with wolves, I think there's got to be, like, permits involved, but that's a case, or that's a state-by-state case thing kind of thing. (laughs) The rules are different uh, based on the state you live in. Hmm. Like I, I mean, I think in Alaska you don't even need anything to be. If you, if you just find a wolf, you <laughs> can keep it. Yeah. Whereas like here, you need like exotic animal licensing and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we learn where he actually comes from either. What what state? But no, we don't. But interesting, yeah. They used to sleep sleep on his bed, watching over him. Well, I mean, that is kind of, to be honest, how we started domesticating dogs. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's what my dog does. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think she'd go go at anyone <laughs> too small for that. But that's. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, sort of... even a adult dog is really basically a wolf puppy. You know. Mm. I mean, they have that docility and genuine curiosity about the world around them that you wouldn't find in an adult wolf. Adult wolf is an apex predator with the mind of an apex predator. It is not a docile or house-friendly animal. It's it's a wild animal and it should be treated as a wild animal, whereas like a puppy, you can um, you can emotionally and I I mean not to sound negative, but you can emotionally manipulate it in a way so that its temperament is more docile. You can kind of keep, you can um, introduce it to kids without having to worry about it. Uh, I mean, you can worry about it biting, but you don't have to really worry about it getting uh, really, really just biting right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a puppy has this curiosity about its world that the adult wolf doesn't have. And you can manipulate that into a permanence, which is domestication, basically. Yep. And that's something he actually starts talking about here, where he's getting into the um, the whole... I can't remember it's exactly... No, it wasn't this scene, but it was um, it's something he mentions later that... that it, or no, it, I'm sorry, it was uh, something he mentioned to Owen earlier where they talk about they're talking about the domestication of the raptors and they terminate the ones that are overly aggressive to promote only bloodlines that show docility to their handlers and that's basically domestication yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you hear yourself talk at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i mean this conversation i think people don't really give it much stock but it goes back to what he was talking about in the first conversation that we seem to be having with Owen 
And, I mean, Owen kind of laughs it off, but at the same time, he does kind of understand that that is what they're kind of going towards. And that comes back again in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with them trying to create a uh, non-insane um, proto, uh, prototype of the Indoraptor where basically it takes instructions from a handler kind of like Blue does, you know? I mean, she's she's basically at this point Haskins' wolf, you know. It's yeah. she's not docile, but she's not, and she's not domesticated, but she doesn't have this pure wild streak that the original raptors had. Mm. Yep. And here she wants. Oh, here he wants to sort of prove how docile she is, and um, gestures. Can I, uh, waving his hands as if he's patting her and Barry gestures to go for it. And we get a touching moment here of villain patting Delta as uh, she fights her restraints trying to eat him. Well, she tries to pull away while she's snarling at him. And that is something that I understand animals are able to do. They can kind of sense, in, a, in like a sixth sense kind of way, your, in, your attitude and your body language, it's very subconscious but they can sense that kind of stuff about whether you're you're a nice person or not i guess and i mm. think it's been scientifically proven that dogs can kind of sense or at least do, i mean at least in dogs that dogs can kind of sense that kind of intuition about a person you know mm. yep yep and they're sensing all sorts of things about hoskins <laughs> <laughs> um as we said last minute, like if, if these were animatronics and not uh, not the CG ones, I, I don't know if you could get more um, joy and amazement acting-wise out of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio or uh, Barry, but MSI, if they had the real thing there and not the CG, but it would have looked better anyway. But Barry puts her, his hand on her to calm her down, and Hoskins just looks on in amazement. And that's when Barry's phone rings, just sitting in the back of his pocket. Obviously, no rest no work restrictions on having your phone, unless it's a work phone he's got here. But... Well, I assume that on the other end, it's Owen telling Barry that the Indominus Rex just escaped, and that he's got to go warn them. You know, because the next time we see him, he showed up at the uh, control center. I'm just wondering if. Well, we never see Owen with a phone. Surely, uh, we know somehow he gets from the Indominus Rex enclosure to the uh, the park and the control room here next minute, but in a couple of minutes' time. But yeah, unless it was someone from ACU, because we get the whole Code Nineteen thing next next minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as the minute ends, he looks down at the screen at a message that we don't see. We get to learn what it's all about next minute. And uh, in novel comparisons, there's nothing else to add for the novel. So, David, that's minute 42, done and dusted. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm.